Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. We would love to have, have Kelvin back. The sky's the limit. He's only going to get better because uh, of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. Stepping up, stepping up, fires it deep downfield, wants Calvin Ridley. Calvin's out there, Calvin's got it, five-yard line, into the end zone, touchdown, Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Yeah, Josh will be a jingle. Young goes down again, and it's Josh Allen. Boy, they're starting to pin their ears back. Fourth sack for this Jacksonville defense. You got to take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. You only get so many windows in this league, and and we feel like with the personnel that we have, and we'll continue to add. You know, our window, our windows now. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents. Jaguars today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Oh my pocket, Dylan Denmark. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good news. We are in the window, Tony. We're still in the window. Oh, yeah. Why not? We're in that championship window. I don't know how long it needs to remain open <laughs> before we actually go sliding on through. But yeah, I think the whole AFC is asking themselves that question. Maybe we'll continue to. Yeah, I, I saw a cat. This, this may be. So this kind of sums up my feeling mm-hmm. about this a little bit. Uh, I saw our friend Bold City Cap tweet out, all these people, you know, rooting against Kansas City. No, I don't want other fan bases to experience the joy. Yes, Kansas City's had more than their share. Yeah. But that's this one fan base. Why do I want the Lions to get out of their pit of despair if we're stuck in ours? <laughs> I don't, quite frankly. I don't want the good story no, that yeah. this other team got to the Super Bowl before. It, all it does is highlight – this franchise's futility in making it to the ultimate game. You know, uh, I, I wanted if one of the next four at the Browns or the Texans or the Lions or the Jags make it, clearly we know which one we want that to be. Oh, for sure. Look, I, I don't begrudge anyone having that stance on it, right? Uh, I was pulling for the Detroit Lions yesterday to make it to a Super Bowl, nah. and uh, that means whatever it means. I. I'm not so much caught up in the failures of the Jacksonville Jaguars once we get to the AFC and NFC championship games. And look, you look at the NFC, Cincinnati found a way to do it for a year. Good for the Bengals, right? To finally get past the Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC. Other than that, for the past six years, it's been the Chiefs, uh, Burrow's the only active quarterback to beat Mahomes in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, Brady did it. Brady did active. it twice. Yeah. Right. He's not active. He's not active. Lamar, you ain't it. Not He's this year. Not that guy right now. I mean, Lamar, to this point, I think it's fair to say, has been a great regular season quarterback. No doubt. He's been great in the regular season. He's going to be a two-time MVP, it certainly looks like. He's also 2-4 and four in games. He started 2-5 and five overall in the postseason. Yeah. And I think he's thrown for 200 yards twice yeah. in those and seven games. The Ravens get to spend an entire offseason after having the best rush offense in the league oh my God. all season long wondering what happened that our guys got six carries well, and in Kansas a championship City's game. Defense, Tony, like, I- I'm not the defense wins championship guy anymore, right? But Kansas City's defense played exceptionally well against the pass. You never 
challenge them on the ground yeah. after Buffalo ran it down their throat. No doubt. The week before. I mean, it's mind-boggling how bad a game plan Todd Munkin had yeah, for the crazy. Ravens yesterday. And on top of that, I don't think Lamar played his best, you know? And and so no. more than one thing can be true. I, I, I'm going to give Kansas City the credit. Their defense has stepped up. I still believe the arc of time is bending strongly towards the better offenses win mm-hmm. Super Bowls. Now, you look at it right now, who's got the better defense, Kansas City or San Francisco? I'm not honestly sure. Right. Right? I mean, reputation-wise, San Francisco does. Saw them getting it run down their throat pretty damn well by the Detroit Lions yesterday. I mean, how many times could they point out that three Lions currently have more rushing yards than Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. Right? I mean, that went on for a long time in that game. And Green Bay did the same thing to him the week before. Yes. Right? Like, it's it's this is a bit of a trend on the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers, but they've also shown that if you want to play a game in the 30s, we can win that. Oh, absolutely. Right? And They had to do it yesterday. They had to do it again yesterday against Detroit, who, look, they shut down basically in the second half of that game. And uh, for Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, the touchdown they scored, I mean, that was a – special kind of play, right, from Lamar Jackson on the touchdown. He ducks under a would-be sacker, throws it 30 yards downfield, gets into the end zone, and it's like, okay, maybe he's finally finding himself within this game here for a moment, and it just it didn't happen. That those two teams combined for three points in the second half of that game yesterday, I don't think anybody would have been betting on that um going into the game or at halftime of that game either like it's crazy how good both defenses were in the second half and really how off the rails the Baltimore offense was they had opportunity after opportunity and took advantage of none of them I'm not that shocked that Baltimore's defense is that good when you look at what Kansas City has best defense in football this right year. and, and no. they only have a handful of weapons and they relied on them heavily Travis Kelsey I keep hearing this Travis Kelsey is like this mere mortal. By Kelsey standards, he is. <laughs> I mean, like, if you look at what he did compared to the rest of the tight ends in the league, he had the most receiving yards ever for a tight end his age or older. Mm-hmm. Ever. Right? He was spectacular for most of the year. Now, did he have some drops? Yes. Did he have a little bit of a, an, you know, a, he had a less dominant season. Than he typically does. No mm-hmm. question about it. But if you were taking the names off and just threw Travis Kelsey's numbers up there, you'd be like, damn, this guy was outstanding. Yeah. And he was. And he yesterday caught a 11 for 116. I heard Bart Scott say yesterday before the game, oh, Kelsey can't run anymore. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, yeah. like, is it possible he's been banged up this year and he still produced pretty good numbers? Yeah. 95 for 960 in 15 games is Stupid. I mean, he had 11 for 116 in the touchdown yesterday. Yeah. Obviously dominant. Isaiah Pacheco ran it a bunch. Didn't run it particularly well. No. You know, he was less than three yards a carry yesterday. Uh, had a few good runs. Also got stuffed on a fourth down. You know, fourth down's a big talking point today with Dan Campbell going for it with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. <sighs> Look, I get, as I'm watching that game too, I'm like, when he kicked the field goal at the end of the first half, I thought, that's the right call. Right, mm-hmm. add the points right there. It's automatic. Now you can say they ultimately came back and got caught. Right. Here's the thing: Are they even playing today? Like you know this? Well, okay, that's great. You can live and die with that style. But now it's important. Now it's do or die, and you can't play that way with one game elimination scenarios. Well, they did it against the Rams. They did. 
They did it at the end of the half against the Rams, and they went for the touchdown on fourth down. That's a game they ultimately won by a single point. Mm -hmm. If they kick the field goal there, Tony, do they even get out of the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, I I think coaches that are willing to be that aggressive in those situations are always going to be called to the carpet every time it doesn't work. And I think from the outside looking in, if that's who you are as a coach, if that's the philosophy – Throughout the entire season, I don't expect it to change even in the biggest moments in a championship game. And you face the music when it doesn't work. It's like, yeah, Look, it's, that's on me. It's it. not I, like Campbell can say anything else. I would have been more conservative than him. I would be more conservative than Doug Peterson is as a head coach in those situations. But they are who they are. You deal with the the good and the bad. You take both. And yesterday was mostly bad. Uh, look, you're down three. It's fourth and three. I'm trying the 48-yard field goal. I would, too. But let's not kid ourselves. Michael Badgley is not perfect in those scenarios throughout his career. No, right he's now, just under 80%. Right. He's, yeah. he's six for six this year yeah. on field goals with the Lions, but he hasn't been there that long, and he's missed two extra points, which are shorter than the field goal he would have been attempting there. So if he tries to kick it and misses it, he probably gets excused by a lot of people who like the conventional thinking. It I was mean, the right call. Like, yeah. I get it. If, if This is what it all boils down to, right? If it works, it was the right call. Absolutely. And if it doesn't work, you can talk about analytics all you want. You could have tried to kick the field goal and lost. And look, they did. At the end of the first half, they kicked the field goal thinking, oh, we're going up three scores here. This is the right play. And clearly turned out to not be the right play. Absolutely. You go back to, I was reading uh, just kind of a recap about some of this thought process uh, this morning. Remember Houston, a couple years ago, was up like 24 to nothing on Kansas City. Yes, they were. 24 to nothing. And it was 21 to nothing, and they faced a fourth down, and they decided to kick the field goal to make it 24, thinking we're doing the right thing. Ended up, the Chiefs from that point on, outscored them 51 to 7. Yeah. Uh, it happened. Would it have mattered if they had gone for yeah. it on fourth down there or not? Who knows? And I think their mentality, you know, in the first half, right, they they had that drive where they converted third and 12 and third and 16, right, on back-to-back series. On, oh, it was third and 18, actually. might have been the 18. Yeah, but, even, even but more impressive. But they convert impressive. both. In the first one, third and 12, they convert on a handoff, right? And I think they're handing it off because they're saying, look, we get five, six, seven yards here, we're going. I see. I didn't. I thought in that situation they're handing it off and they're they were going to be content to punt. They've done that all season. Yeah, but it's third and That's, twelve. You can't count on getting five, six, seven. I'm not on saying third they're counting 12. on it. I'm saying they're thinking eh. we're more. We're just as likely to catch them off guard running on this down as we are trying to throw into what we know is going to be everybody back in coverage. So look, when we get eight yards on this, we're going for it on fourth down. Like I think that is the Detroit Lions mentality. And it has been all season. I get it. It bit them yesterday, ultimately. like They didn't take points when they could have taken points. They lost the game. Everyone's going to be all over Campbell for the rest of the offseason for that stuff. Well, I'm not praising the guy for doing it three weeks ago and then getting on him for doing it yesterday. I'm just, I'm not. I understand that's who they are. It caught up to him yesterday. They got to deal with that through the offseason. Okay. And I'm sure the players on the team feel the same way. It's like, that's that's our guy. That's what we've done all year. Fine. Right. It sucks, right? It sucks that it didn't work this time, but 
This is who we are. We'll try to get back to it next year. Uh, somebody on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, shouldn't Mahomes be the MVP? No, well, I mean, it depends. He you could can, be every year. You could year. consider him if you yeah. want him to, but it, it's a regular season award. Yeah. It's based on what you do in the regular season, and it's basically who had the most outstanding regular season. That's what the MVP award no is. Mahomes has a chance to win Super Bowl MVP, and uh, I'm sure that's uh, – I'm sure he, he – uh, quite frankly, he'd love to win a bunch of MVP awards – I'm sure the Lombardi trophy means more to him at that point. So, yeah, you could argue Mahomes, right, is always the MVP because he's the best player in football. I don't understand how there's any argument in that case at the moment. That doesn't mean in any given year he had the best singular year. But, I mean, Michael Jordan could have won MVP for the last dozen years of his career, whatever it was. And and that's probably how it should have been. I think Patrick Mahomes had another season where if he had more than one reliable pass catcher the entire year, I think he might have won another MVP. Might have. Right? Like, he he didn't have a bad year. It's, it's kind of like the Kelsey thing. He had a down year compared to what we've come to expect out of the numbers of Patrick Mahomes and his, uh, his down years resulting in his fourth appearance in a Super Bowl. It's... Crazy the level of success that Mahomes and the Chiefs. Right, but have had. I mean, look, Mahomes threw twenty-seven touchdowns, fourteen picks, had like forty-one hundred yards. It's yep. a good year. It's not a this eye-popping by his standards. Right? No, yeah. it's not right. And it, by NFL, like by MVP consideration standards. No, it's that's what good. I'm saying. The drops is what kept him out of that, though. Like I do think his numbers would be huge this Maybe year without so. the drops. And if they had just one guy on the outside that they could rely on, I do think the numbers would be. De- it doesn't matter. They still found a way to put it together, right? And Lamar Jackson could, should win the MVP of the league this year. I have no problem with that, I'm, and I'm not going to look back on that and say, well, they ought to do it different because of the results of playoff games. It's a regular season award. Right. Lamar Jackson was the regular season MVP. And had they not dominated San Francisco so thoroughly, had that game gone in the opposite sure. way, maybe it would have been McCaffrey or Brock Purdy, but... It's not because that's not what happened, and that's in large part why I didn't want to see that matchup again. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. more intrigued by this matchup than I am by Baltimore-San Francisco because we saw it and it wasn't competitive at all uh, sure. the first time around. That doesn't guarantee that this one will be, uh, but I'm certainly hoping that that's <laughs> the case at least. All right, uh, so if you want to get in talk about what you saw, what the Jags are lacking from what you saw from these four teams this weekend, I think uh, we could all agree – Improvement on the line of scrimmage would be a big step in the right direction for this football team. But we don't want it to start off the week on a completely negative bent, Tony. So uh, instead, we opted to pivot to this for your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Which three Jacksonville Jaguars most exceeded your expectations in 2023? You might anticipate the opposite of that coming at some point this week. Which three failed to live up to your expectations? But for today... We're looking on the bright side of things, which players, based on their regular season play this year for the Jags, because that's all they had, uh, exceeded your expectations the most. So you can hit us up in a variety of ways on that one, including on the phone lines, the all-pro roofing phone lines, where if you call 641-1010, Dylan Denmark will answer. Good morning, Pockets. Good morning. How are things? Good, man. Day one of track season starts today, baby. Oh, is that right? Yes, sir. What are you running this year? Uh, I'll four hundred relay. Talking. No, no, I'm not. My time is done. What is your coaching expertise when it comes to track and field? Uh, I like doing the jumps and then a couple of sprints. Couple of sprints, couple yeah. of jumps. Yep. None of the throws. You're not no, a throw guy. Distance and uh, the mid distance and the throws. Yeah, that's not me. All right, uh, there you go. Mid distance is where they. 
destroyed Lamar yesterday. Lamar's this year been like the most effective intermediate passer in the mm-hmm. National Football League, and they took that away from him yesterday. The, the Ravens decided not to run it. The Chiefs said, you're not going to throw it deep on us. And for the most part, they were effective stopping that. Yep. And uh, the Ravens did not have an answer uh, beyond that point. So Kansas City, San Francisco in Super Bowl 58. Your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day having to do with your Jaguars, which three Jags most exceeded your expectations in 2023. Again, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony or at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket! And of course in the YouTube chat as well. Jaguars today kicking off a fresh week. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL. So Tony, Mm -hmm. we just had a, a, a moment a second ago. Pockets comes in from the control room. He goes, here, I got this for you. And I thought he said, Sheriff dropped this off for you. Mm-hmm. right? But he he said, the Sheriff dropped the first. <laughs> if he said that, I would have wondered, oh, they didn't take me away in cuffs. So whatever he dropped off for me couldn't be that bad. I really mm-hmm. thought he meant Brandon Sheriff brought me something. Yeah. And at which point I'm thinking, it probably nothing good. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, we're everyone's like, ah, Sheriff's going to be a cap casualty. I'm like, what did what did Brandon <laughs> Sheriff upset with me about? Right? right? No, it was it was Sheriff Waters uh-huh. was actually here, unbeknownst to us, which is good because apparently I don't have an outstanding warrant that I'm mm-hmm. aware of right now. Um, but he was here recording some kind of spot for whatever I don't know and. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his peeps said, here, uh, I wanted to give this to Mike, and I appreciate that. And it says, dedication, service, honor, and community. It's like a big, heavy, like, coin. It's almost like a badge, yeah. right? couple of questions, right? Uh-huh. The obvious ones. Does this get me out of anything? I doubt it. You know, I mean, just asking for a friend right here. Right? <laughs> just go speeding down 95 and, and Should, show can, that up and w- see if that works. What if I mount this, like, on my visor? You know, something like that. So when I get pulled over, it's clearly visible. The medallion. Yeah, the medallion. I, I doubt it. Yeah, I would. I think this would stop a nine millimeter round, though. Isn't I that, do. It's it, feel heavy. It, feel it. That feels like a like a badge. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's heavy. a heavy piece of metal yeah. right there. So anyway, thank you. It's Sheriff a cool Waters. Thing, yeah. yeah, it's a very nice memento right there. And uh, I love the, uh, you know, Jacksonville Duval's finest out there protecting all of us. Mm-hmm. I, I seriously do. And hopefully now. You know, if anybody takes a pot shot at me, they get me right. They get me right in the coin. Uh-huh. I think I might survive it. So excellent. All right, there you go. Good to know. At least as far as I know, Brandon Sheriff's not upset with me today. Correct. He may be. Yeah. He just, you know, he didn't announce it by coming to the st- <laughs> like studio. He did right. He, it, 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 he, if he is, he like probably busy counting his millions of dollars and yeah. not putting me as high on his priority list. You know, probably not. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the other day. And this is the case. You know, all, all we do is sit here. We have opinions about these players. These players should honestly not give one iota rip about what I think about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. It's different. If if the fan base collectively thinks something about you, you should. Like, I they don't owe me anything, right? Right. I do think they owe the fans. And I think what they owe them primarily is 100% effort. Yep. That, that's what they owe them, right? They're going to fail. They're going to make physical mistakes. They're going to make mental mistakes. But it's the effort. 
100%? Are you giving everything you can to try to earn the money that you're making? Because in the end, and I know not every player thinks this way, it is the fans to me that ultimately pay your salary, right? Sure. And, and it may yeah. not be directly from the people buying tickets and concessions. It's more the eyes on the TV screens. But that's all coming from that audience of, of people that are passionate about what you do, mm-hmm. that give those viewing numbers, that enable the salary cap to be as high as it is, that enable you to make all these millions of dollars. So you don't owe me a penny. I was, I was saying this in relation to Belichick the other day because I think it's hilarious that Belichick, I like to refer to him as the losingest coach in NFL history. <laughs> Because he is tied with Jeff Fisher and uh, was it maybe Marty Schottenheimer? Is it Schottenheimer? I'm not sure. So is Fisher's one, one of those of them. guys. There, yeah. there are three of them tied with the most regular season losses mm-hmm. in the history of the league. So I like to refer to him as the losingest coach, and it's accurate. Mm-hmm. You it know? is. It's he also not happens what to he's going to go down in history for. Well, but maybe yes. not. But yeah. I don't know. Is he going to be the winningest coach in in league history? Yeah, he's got gotta, some work to gotta do. Got to get another yeah. job to still do that. But uh, either way, and then you know, I just kind of. Don't I mean, like, if anyone out there thinks that Bill Belichick would would even smirk in my direction, like, I'm like the gum that he accidentally steps on, and mm-hmm. instead of scraping it off his shoe, he just throws the whole pair away right. and gets a new one. Like, I, I get it, you know? Not at all uh, thinking that, you know, it's just, it's like anything else. It's kind of like the, the corner bar, right? We mm-hmm. sit around, we shoot the breeze. We express our opinions, hopefully feel a little bit better getting it off our chests and and do what we do as fans. Try to solve the many dilemmas. And of course, yeah, our ideas are are better than their ideas. Yeah. Uh twenty six wins short right now of being the all time winningest coach in NFL. That many history. in the regular season? Yeah. I thought it was like fifteen. I thought it was this may be a list that includes the playoffs. I just Found a list. And I would the, think Belichick has more playoff wins than Shula, though. Among the most losses, I have a list here that has Belichick at the top of the list with 165, followed by Landry and Shula. 162-156. That's weird. I've seen – I where are you on? Pro Football Reference? No, it's just Wiki. So yeah, I can I, go to Pro Football go, Reference. Go to Pro Football Reference. I don't trust Wiki because I, I, last I – maybe it is 165 and not 185, mm-hmm. but whatever the total was, it was Belichick – Fisher and somebody else in a three-way tie for most coaching losses mm-hmm. all time. But either way, look, much more accomplished than I'll ever be. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't have an opinion. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't have to like the guy. Uh, let's go out to the phones for the first time this week, as a matter of fact. Oh, it's a big week, right? Fresh week. Get to glide into February another week. in yes. a few days. It is another week. There's, It's definitely that. Uh, so uh, we're almost done. With the hated month of January that has seen no success for your Jacksonville Jaguars. But 641-1010 if you want to get in. Uh, and Ian in St. Augustine going to lead us off this morning. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Um, so I've come to the terms of the fact that Balky's here to stay as much as it pains me. Okay. But my question to y'all, your best guess, and I understand he's been the GM for two winning seasons, but everyone else in the NFL can see that what Balky is, right? Like he got, he drove Harbaugh out of San Francisco. He's supposedly, if you believe the rumors, having trouble with Doug Peterson right now. Why, in y'all's best guess, do you think Khan doesn't see this or doesn't care? I'll take your comments off the air. All right, I, I don't. You know, I'm never. You're never going to get me to believe that Shad Khan doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think he knows the right path to success? No, but I think he finally maybe stumbled into some success, right? And he had Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning coach. Team goes to the playoffs. They get a playoff win. First time in several years. Got a young quarterback. You got this nucleus. And 
So you come back, you have another winning season, but you fail miserably down the stretch, right? Mm-hmm. But you were eight and three at one point. You were good enough to be eight and three. I think Shad Khan is in a place, Tony, and that's my guess because that's what he in because it's not like Shad is sitting down and giving us his innermost thoughts on this. No, that I think he feels like, man, I've started over so many times. We actually have put together back to back winning seasons under my ownership for the first time, and. I think the general trend is in a positive direction. I, I I get it. This year you had bigger expectations. Want to take another step forward? I think it's if I start over. What am I starting over with? Am I getting a new GM? And if I get a new GM, how long is it until I need a new, another head coach? Right? We just went through. I mean, how many coaching searches does this guy want to go through? And he's had Doug Peterson now for two years, and he's put up a winning record each time. And granted, it it wasn't good enough. Down the stretch, I don't hear that many people saying I want to get rid of Doug Peterson. You hire a new GM right now, and I'm not saying this is a good I'm, I'm trying to put myself in Shad Khan's thought process, mm-hmm. okay? We've said it many times. We would move on from Trent Baalke. Would have moved on from Trent Baalke a while ago, yep. but it doesn't matter what we would have done. I just think he – I think one of the big elements in this is his thinking of, I don't want to hit – a reset button again yeah. and again and again and again. And let me try to play this out and see what happens in year three under Doug Peterson. And, you know, if it comes to it, maybe he blows them both out after the 2024 maybe. season. But that, that's my th- – I think once you go and you split that dynamic at, all right, I'm going to fire the GM, new GM comes in, then the watch is on until he wants to hire his next head coach. I think – all of that is obviously a big factor in the reasons for it. I also would add to that, I don't think Shad's group of people in the league is all that big. Agreed. Right? Like, I, I think that the pool from which he would be choosing as far as guys that he knows that he may be comfortable with, I don't think that's a large pool of candidates because he's not a football guy and he's still relatively new to the league. It's. I think those two things combined for him being willing to trust Dave Caldwell three years longer than he probably should have, and Gus Bradley a couple years longer than he probably should have. Like I think that leads to those kind of things from Shotgun. I think that leads to it now, and it's why for the last couple seasons, I've thought you know EVP would have been a really good idea. I thought it was a really good idea when they brought Coughlin back to have somebody between Shad and the, even the GM and the coach to say, you handle all the football stuff. That's your all of it. I want you over all of it. And right now, they don't have anything like that in place. In fact, the plan was announced last year that they both answer to me, right, ultimately, which is nice that he's the guy who's making the decision. I don't want Balky to be making the decision on whether or not Doug Peterson keeps his job. I don't want him to have that kind of authority uh, within the organization. So I think somebody has to have that. It ought to be shot, right, that decides – Who's going to be the coach who it? And if he had an EVP, I'd be like, yeah, that guy gets to make the call on that kind of stuff. And who knows what kind of call he'd want to make on Trent Baalke or how deep the pool of candidates would be for an EVP in that kind of position. But for Shad Khan, I think the pool is really, really shallow of candidates that he knows and is comfortable enough with to even bring into the organization. Yeah, I don't disagree with uh, any of that. And and I you have to wonder, too, like, they had a successful first year, right? Yep. And remember – Last year, gosh, when was it when they almost hired Spielman? It was uh, that was last offseason. This past offseason, yeah. right? And the feeling is collectively, P- 
Peterson and Balky basically talked him out of it, right? And so let's just imagine, as a hypothetical, because I don't know. We weren't sitting in there. No. But a reasonable hypothetical that Doug Peterson made the pitch. No, Trent and I get along. We're in locks. We don't need this, right? I can report to you. Trent can report to you. We're This is a good collaboration. We were successful. Yep. We won a playoff game. We got the momentum. Let's keep it going. So now, let's say that's not quite how they're seeing it, right? Yeah. They're not eye to eye. Well, can you as Doug Peterson going, well, I know I told you that Trent and I were right. like two peas in a pod, but now, you know, it, the, Trent's the problem, not me, right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what any of these conversations have been like. How much of a staunch advocate for the way it was was Doug Peterson? Because I think he had to be somewhat. I think they were both on board pitching that, like, we don't need another level in between us and you. Sure. Bringing in and just muddying up the work. Somebody else to answer to. Another voice to get on the same page here. And so whatever pitch they made to Shad, he bought it. He did. And now a year later, you know, you have another winning record, but you do have to answer for how you failed down the stretch. And we don't know what Shad required of them in terms of explanation. And we don't know what answers they gave, quite frankly. No, yeah. And maybe he said, look, you're on the thinnest of ice. I don't, we, don't, we just do not know where that stands until and unless Shad Khan wants to comment on some of that stuff or these guys give you a little bit de- – and I, I mean, Trent Baalke gets up there and will tell you he's not going to talk about um, what happened. You know, he's not going to talk about the championship games because they're in the past, Tony. All I'm going to do is look ahead of the Super Bowl between Kansas City and San Francisco. I can't talk about those games. They happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. He'll talk about stuff he wants to talk about that happened yesterday, just not – any of his shortcomings. And I get no none of us want to sit up there and go chapter and verse on how we are miserable and how we failed. No, but yeah. you can't go, I'm not gonna look back and then just choose to look back on the things that worked. And I'm not gonna talk about this aspect of this guy staying with this organization when I'll gladly talk about this with another player or two, mm-hmm. because unless you're intending to send the signal. You're clearly sending the signal, well, this guy's not as big a priority for us. And we understand that. Not everyone's going to be as the same priority. No, yeah. But to say I'm not going to get into, you know, and talk about this on the one hand with Cam Robinson when on the other hand, Josh Hallenstein comes up and you go, oh, no, no, he's here. He's here. He's ours. We're going to – no, he's he's Jaguar. Trevor, 100%, long-term <laughs> right, Jaguar. Yeah. Like, okay, we get it. They're in a different tier, but – you can't claim that you're not willing to talk about these kind of things. You're just not willing to talk about it with Cam Robinson, which sends right. a pretty clear signal that, that, at best, Cam Robinson's future is murky here in Jacksonville. So, Absolutely, yeah. I, I, we've gone all around and around. Um, just looking up the coaching records and coaching totals on pro football reference. Has Belichick, Dan Reeves, and Jeff Fisher with 165 losses? I don't know if that includes postseason or not. Is that – what is Belichick's regular season record? Do you know? Uh, Belichick, I don't have regular season record here in front of me. I do have, I'm looking at it on pro football reference uh-huh. at the moment. And Shula, the all-time leader, 328. Yeah, but is that everything? I I am not sure. Um, and then George Howis, 318. Bill Belichick, 302. So he's still 26 behind him and yeah. on. Okay, this says his regular season record is 302 and 165. Okay. Yeah, and Bill Belichick is tied with Dan Reeves and Jeff Fisher with the most losses. Okay. Pro football reference. So there you go, losing his coach yeah. in NFL history. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for you to 
you know, maybe get a job and get fired early in the season after a couple <laughs> losses to break that tie. Uh-huh. Do you think he'll get another job? Yes. I mean, is Bill Belichick really not going to get another coaching job? I, right. I get it. It gets hard. Like, a, a cycle further into the future, when there's only one team, apparently, that showed any significant interest in Belichick and they opted not to sign him, you know, will he change? Tony, we don't know what he said to Arthur Blank. Did he say, I need control of personnel? Who knows? Full yeah. control. And did Arthur Blank go, that's a bridge too far? And if that's the case, will there be a team that's willing to give that to him next year? And if not, will Belichick? change his tune yeah. and go, you know what? I'll, I'll be happy to coach for a couple more years. I do want to chase this record. And yeah. who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. All right. I want total control. Well, can you explain the last four or five years there in New England where you've had that? Your decision. Right. right. I mean, look. Y'all it, aren't exactly succeeding at a high level here recently. He's been a mediocre GM at best. Yeah. Of, certainly of late. I right? want you as a coach. I don't want the GM. Right. And we like Atlanta has a pretty good nucleus of talent. They mm-hmm. need a quarterback. I mean, I would want him weighing in on which quarterback he thinks he could mold if you're going the veteran route. But in terms of, do I want to give you every pick and, and control of everything? No. Well, maybe not. You know, and, and who knows? We don't know for sure that's what he asked for either. We always do a lot of this. We speculate based on incomplete information. It's what we do. We're not going to stop doing it, but we just have to recognize that we could be flat out wrong about some of these things. I mean, look, unless I hear differently. Are you accepting that when Trent Baalke says that Ryan Nielsen is the Doug Peterson hire, that Doug Peterson had the final say on whether or not he was the guy? I'm taking it as as true. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, it's easily – like, if, if that's not true and Baalke had final say and he got up there and said a, a flat-out lie, I would think that would quickly yeah. be refuted either on or off the record. You would think. Right? Yeah. And yet, going into that press conference – that's Balky's pick. That's Balky's pick. That's Balky's pick. That's Balky's pick. Peterson wants Mark Juan Manuel, or Peterson wants this, or Peterson wants that. That's Balky. Balky said, give me the defense. We don't know. This is all people making leaps and conclusions. Sometimes those leaps are correct. Sometimes you connect the dots and you mm-hmm. get to the right spot, and other times, no. And I'm not saying with 100% certainty that I know exactly what the dynamic was with hiring it, but until I hear otherwise – that's what I'm going to go on until I hear something contrary to what he laid out that this is, which by the way, is the most logical response and, and situation. The idea that a Super Bowl winning coach is going to be letting and standing for a GM who he doesn't answer to directly pick his coordinator level coaching hires. Right. Yeah. Just, I, I just, doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. All right, six four one ten ten. If you'd like to get in uh, today's question of the day uh, from Chad and Sandy Real Estate, which three Jaguars exceeded your expectations the most for twenty twenty three? Don't want it all to be negative. There's plenty of negative, <laughs> right? And we're not avoiding it. But mm-hmm. uh, for today, just seeing if we could start off with some more positive outcomes. We'll discuss some of those players when we come back in a moment. If you want to get in, six four one ten ten on the All Pro Roofing phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. This is Jaguars today. On 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, we move along here on this Monday, trying to make our way out of the dreaded month of January because we got no football to play. Mm-hmm. We'll no football to play until September rolls back around again. But we do have mock drafts, Tony. We'll get into some. Got a couple to take a peek at mm-hmm. a little bit later on as far as that goes, just to. 
once again, tear the fan base apart. For the folks who want offensive line, they'll get a receiver. For the folks who want a receiver, they'll take a corner. And on and on and on it will go. Yep. Because everybody knows. Look, I, I do try to at least say I, I've got my opinions about what I would do. I don't think the way I would do it is the only way to do it. Right. So I don't I try not to get wrecked when like mock drafts to me get silly when you get outside the first round. I mean, they're fun to look at. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate the effort that's put into them, but it's hard enough to know who's going to be available with the 17th pick. Sure. Nevertheless, uh, try to determine who's available in the middle of the second round and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's more an exercise in whoever's putting it together. Do they get the needs of your team? Described accurately. And gives you some idea of what they perceive to be the value of some of these guys, you know, going through sure. the draft. I think beyond that, you know, the odds of people getting day two picks right for your team are oh. really low. Like day one's hard enough, right? Like day two is super difficult. Day three, I mean, ugh. I wonder if we can find a couple multi round 2023 mock drafts. And just see where Antonio Johnson was mm-hmm. going in them, right? Because I saw him in the second round a ton last year. Now, does that mean Jags got an incredible value, or was there a reason he fell to the fifth round? You know, like right. sometimes we we do get very tied into what players are projected as doing. Well, everybody's got him as a first round pick. Well. You realize the everybody we're talking about, none of them are decision makers in the NFL, right? I mean, so, right. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it is interesting. Like, Dane Brugler put out, oh, he's with The Athletic now, been with CBS, been with other outlets, that he and Daniel Jeremiah, I think, had in their initial mock drafts, had 28 of the same 32 players. So they're saying, mm-hmm. basically, we're hearing the same things. value. All is going to change with the Combine with on-campus workouts as, you know, the senior bowl comes in, you get all the decision makers together in one place and everybody starts whispering to each other about how they really feel about different guys, you know, and then you'll start to see some of this stuff uh, change. But even the guys who do the drafting, even if they say, you know, because sometimes they'll go, oh, you know what? You get teams that go, oh, we we looked at the mocks Mm -hmm. to see who was likely to be available. You get other teams go, we look at the mocks and we scoff because we know that they don't really know what they're talking about. Um, sometimes it goes the way of the mock. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but in in terms of any team evaluating anybody, I mean, look, all you have to do is look at Tom Brady or Brock Purdy or any number of guys. If anybody knew Brock Purdy could play this well, even if you didn't project him as your starter, you're not letting Brock Purdy last to the final pick of Absolutely. the draft. Absolutely. And just trying to find some of these mocks from last year, right? I found one Chad Ryder. Uh, April 21st. Yeah, he he would always do a multiple. Yeah, he had a seven-round mock-out. Antonio Johnson, he had second round to Philadelphia. Okay, so right. late second? Uh, late second, yeah. It was, let's see here, 62nd overall to Philadelphia in that one. And I don't think that's all that unusual based on everything we saw what, with what, what was the date on that one april 21st okay because yeah I, I, most of the ones you're going to find he is he does so many multiple yeah. round mocks here's a 2023 second rounder from walter football Let's see if i can find a will levis going 33rd uh who did they have the jags taking in this one I'm curious mm-hmm. to see uh 
Tuli Tuapolotu, a defensive end at a USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't recall him doing a whole one, – one pick behind Sam Laporte. Of course, the Jags traded down in this scenario. Um, let's see if I can find Antonio Johnson in this one, if he's in here or not. Um, I don't know. But the point being, yeah. you could have easily – because I remember, you know, I don't remember chapter and verse on who, exactly who put out each mock. Second, third round a lot. Third at the worst. Yeah. With Antonio Johnson. Probably could find some that were put out in that offseason where Antonio Johnson was a late first rounder. Probably. probably. Yeah. You know, I don't recall specifically one, but that that's kind of the feeling about him a little bit. Um, I've already seen some people suggest he is one of the players that most outperformed expectations this year. He wouldn't be... One of my top three. Pox, why don't we fire up today's 10-10 take? We'll at least get started down the road on this conversation. 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories. All right, Tony, which three Jacksonville Jaguars most exceeded your expectations in 2023? Our question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. I mean, I think the low-hanging fruit for me is Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. And... While I expect him to be their best pass rusher, I'm sorry, I didn't expect him to blow the single-season sack record out of the water. I didn't expect him to get the single-season sack record based on the last three years. Josh Allen at 17-and-a-half this year didn't have that combined in the three seasons prior. And you know what? I, I would have thought contract year, bump in performance, maybe 10, right? Something in that 10-11 range. So Josh Allen by at least 50%. I would say, exceeded my expectations in that particular department. And that, quite frankly, is primarily what you're judging your edge, rush, edge rushers on is sacks. And mm-hmm. the other stuff is important and pressures and and how they play against the run. But overall, I, I think resoundingly, Josh Allen's the MVP of this team, certainly the MVP of the defense. Not that that is shocking necessarily. I think by the degree in which he did it and the ease in which he blew past some Jaguar all-time single-season marks uh, was impressive and certainly exceeded what I thought he would do this year. Sure. I, I, the first two that popped in my head popped in immediately, right? And then I was trying to find the third. Josh Allen probably makes sense as the third guy on my list okay. because I did probably have higher expectations than you did. I was more confident in Josh Allen than most. Even, at, like, even though if you thought he was going to have a 12-sack season? I thought he would be in that 14-15 range. Okay. I really did. and so, But that's not 17 and a half, right? Like right. That's not setting the franchise record. And like I said, the top two for me popped in immediately. And then it's trying to find the third. And Josh Allen makes sense to me as the third guy on this list for me. But Trayvon Walker and Darius Williams way exceeded what I expected out of those two guys uh, going into this year. Trayvon Walker played well enough over the back half of the season that I feel really good about the combination of Walker and Allen going into next year. Not that they can't still add depth uh, to that room and whatever changes they're going to make, 4-3, 3-4, whatever it's going to be going forward for this football team. But Trayvon Walker was a guy that I had no confidence in going into this season I have a lot of confidence going into next season in Trayvon Walker and Darius Williams. I I think he played at a high enough level that three quarters of the way through the season, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was being considered for an all pro, right? Like I think he was having that kind of year. It didn't turn out that way when everything was said and done, but still way better than I expected him to be this season. Uh, look, um, 
I probably agree with you on the next two guys. We just don't have them in the same order. Sure. Right? And, and look, Trayvon, if Trayvon had given us seven or eight, I would have been happy. Yeah. You get to ten, I look, I thought he had a really good year. I think he's forever going to be, compared to Aiden Hutchinson, good and bad, no matter what they do. That'll never change. And, and Kayvon yeah. Thibodeau to a lesser degree, yeah. but it, particularly those guys because of the decision right at the top of the draft. None of that should, I hope, weigh on Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker went out there and he said, all right, whatever, doesn't matter where I got picked. Here's where I was as a rookie. And he got better in his second season. He did. He got, he's he's a physically imposing guy who can be dominant as a run defender as well as a pass rusher. And he showed you, you know, look, if he never has that 17 and a half sack season, so be it. But if he can consistently be a guy who's around 10, 11, 12, 8 on his down years, yep. not the worst thing in the world. And now you've got Ryan Nielsen coming in who has a track record of getting success at a bigger bodied defensive ends like mm-hmm. Cameron Jordan and Trey Hendrickson. And so you hope that that simply continues with Trayvon Walker. Absolutely. By the way, I did find a mock draft from Bucky Brooks. Almost a year ago exactly, January 23rd from last year, he put out a mock draft that had Antonio Johnson first round of the Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. Yeah. Um, I found one at PFF as we're just kind of scrolling through as we talk here. Um, This was a three – they did three-round mocks for every team. Mm -hmm. Jags first round, Anton Harrison. (laughs) Not bad. Not bad. Second round, Luke Weipler. Center. Uh-huh. See, you like the position. Uh-huh. Where'd he go? I, I have no idea, right? I'm sitting here like, Luke Weipler? Luke Weipler. I'm not quite sure yeah. I know anything about Luke Weipler, to tell you the truth. Uh, I don't know where he went. And then Isaiah McGuire, defensive end, uh, in the third round uh, to the Jaguars, obviously. That just goes to show you. It mm-hmm. gets tougher and tougher as it goes. Uh, Luke Weipler. Cleveland Browns, apparently. Is Did he play? I'm guessing not much. Yeah, is my guess. Um, he ended up being a what round pick was he? Um, why can't I find that? Oh, here it is. Sixth, Sixth. round. Jeez. So again, yeah. here's PFF. Some people love PFF, right? Uh-huh. Projecting this guy as a second round option, and he went ultimately in the sixth round. He played in five games with one start <laughs> this year. That explains so, not knowing the name. Yeah. Uh, they they were four and one in the five games he played, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, I have no idea if he was any good whatsoever. And it is just funny. And that was like in April that they put that. This was like within a week, I think, of the NFL draft. This yeah. thing came out, and they are projecting him to be a second round selection, and ultimately ended up going four full rounds later. This was on April twenty fourth of last year, so right on the eve of the draft, yep. basically, is what it was. All right, uh, hour two coming up. If you want to get in, 641-1010 is the easy way to do it. We'll take a look at some of your responses. Uh, We agree on our top three candidates, but there are plenty of other candidates who may have exceeded your expectations this year uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We like Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, and Darius Williams. Who do you think are the three, or uh, not even think, uh, just you know what your expectations were for each individual player, who exceeded them the most in 2023 share your thoughts with us here on social media or on the phone lines on jaguars today keep it right here on 1010 xl and 92.5 fm
Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. I will uh, admit that I'm the kind of guy who when I pull on a hoodie, people go, oh, you got all dressed up, did you? You know, <laughs> I'm basically a slob, uh-huh. right? I'm like, I'm leisure forward. Right? <laughs> I mm-hmm. never met a pair of shorts I didn't want to wear. Uh, and so that's just how I am. Shorts and T-shirts. And, mm-hmm. and fortunately, we work in an industry where... That's still okay. It'll work. Yeah. That'll work. So maybe I'm just tragically unhip, Tony. It's possible. <laughs> but I'm every time I look up and I see Ryan Clark with this ridiculous outfit that he has on. suits, yeah. He has he basically somebody cut two suits in half and sewed a half from each together. Mm-hmm. So he on one side has one suit. On the other side, he has the other one. I, I Apparently, he's done this before because I Googled Ryan Clark two-tone suit. Mm-hmm. To get a good photo, and he's done this before with other combinations. I, I it's just I, I can't take anything he says seriously. <laughs> I can't hear anything he's saying right now. Uh-huh. I mean, and I usually like Ryan Clark's analysis a lot. You look like a freaking idiot. I mean, this is is this? I, I don't. That, I'm sorry. That's not going to be it, right? Mm-hmm. Pockets, is this a thing? I'd never known for it to be a thing. Okay, I just I'm I'm I find it hard to believe that this is. This is going to be like, you know, the White Sox wearing shorts for a, a couple of games in the 70s. You know, like, oh, huh. seemed like a good idea at the time. He wore a red and black suit, kind of similar to what uh, he's wearing right now. It's awful. Like, I get it. He's got, apparently he's got, like, maybe a, like a clothing collection or something. I don't care. It's, it's terrible. Who thinks this looks good? I mean, on the one, like, either side would look fine. He's got a black suit on one side, Tony. It's almost like a teal suit on the other side. Yep. And once, like, the teal's got kind of like that almost like a checkerboard pattern. and mm-hmm. I, it, It's awful. Just completely, completely awful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I keep, keep I'm with you. I'm it. not a fashion guy. It is what it is. It, I keep seeing it. I'm on my screen in here, and uh, I'll, I'll let it go now. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I, I will let it go. Apparently, he's heaping praise today on Brock Purdy, according to the <laughs> internet. As I get it. Like, uh, you know, per, the, the thing with Purdy, man, if the Niners lose that game yesterday, and it was certainly – Headed that way for a while. If they don't come back, even if he plays better in the second half, right, mm-hmm. and Detroit just goes on to win the game, they they ultimately got up 24-7 to and say, well, the game was decided in the first half, right? Mm-hmm. They dug themselves too big of a hole. They couldn't come back. It, I mean, I, watching that first half, I felt like he was struggling. Like, when bodies were around him in the pocket, you know, he needed that clean, clean pocket. I, what quarterback doesn't want a clean pocket? But no some doubt. guys can operate with stuff buzzing around them better. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have that physical ability to just rip that ball out of there. You know, he's a very much a touch passer and needs that clean space to get the ball off and good sight lines and all that. And I don't know, man. I could definitely see – I felt like he had so much on the line yesterday. Now he's just going to the Super Bowl. Heck, he may win it. Mm-hmm. Right, and that was always the goal. But this was a team that felt like they were good. They were a playoff contending team, but they didn't have the quarterback. So let's put all our chips in the middle and go get Trey Lance. And it clearly didn't work out. So Purdy himself has admitted that the team was interested in bringing Tom Brady in. Yeah, right. And I don't for a second doubt that if Detroit is in the Super Bowl today and San Francisco melted down and lost that game that they're 
kicking the tires on other quarterbacks right now. That's I, the way it works. Yeah, I, it, it works that way, but it wouldn't work that way. Like clearly with Patrick Mahomes, wouldn't work that way with Lamar Jackson. You know, I mean, Lamar's no, their they've, guy. They've already committed to. He, the contract he's an MVP on him level player, yeah. right? Sure, they have, right? And yeah. and Purdy's not even eligible for a contract extension yet, even if they wanted to give him one. Yeah, but they could certainly. Um, Look to bring in competition. Now, he's a Super Bowl quarterback. Whether he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback will be determined. Every step in the, the process is another big one. But if he wins it, I mean, it, it's still going to be fascinating. Because <laughs> what if he wins it and he, then he underperforms next year? They still are not committed to him long term. I'm sure he'll make a bunch of money in endorsements. I'm not, you know, in the end, whatever Brock Purdy ends up making in his career is not going to affect me one way or the other. But. No. Most organizations, right, if you're willing to make the big move to go get a quarterback like Trey Lance and it doesn't work, that's usually, all right, we got four or five years where we're going to be just bad. Yes. And that San Francisco has so many other pieces in place. I feel they got lucky. Right, that they are. Uh, That's why they're the one team you can find that that happened for. Lucky in a sense that that they have that situation Clearly not lucky to build the roster. No. They, they did a great job building the roster outside of the quarterback. But you usually don't invest as much as they did in going to get the guy that you feel. They're saying, this is the guy. Trey Lance is the guy. Three first-rounders and like a fourth or right. whatever it like was. Like Most of the time when you invest that much in a player at that position specifically, when it doesn't work, it's going to take you four or five years to dig out of that hole again. And for them, they got lucky. Because I can't think of another team where it worked out like that. That went that all in on a quarterback that and, gave and up made his, the switch and made the switch and it worked. Right. Like it just doesn't happen in the league that way. San Francisco, they've made it work and good for them. I mean, it, look, you could argue had it gone down this way, if Joe Flacco wins a couple of playoff games and the Browns are in the Super Bowl, that it wasn't by choice that they made a switch. Right. Yeah. But, you know, they went all in, obviously, on Deshaun. I, we probably could find a few examples of that, of the guy that was, you know, had received the big commitment from the team, yeah. was unavailable, and somebody stepped up in his place. But to actually sure. move on and move out the guy that you spent all that capital yeah. getting. Bledsoe got hurt and Brady stepped in, right? Like, that's a right. different situation. This isn't... And Bledsoe had been to a Super Bowl. Right, and they didn't invest three first-round picks in Tom Brady. They invested a sixth. They didn't invest all that much... And Joe Flacco stepping in, it's like, okay, temporarily it works, right? But long-term, Deshaun Watson's the quarterback right. for the Cleveland Browns. Right, it was out of pure necessity. It was. Because they had already tried the other guys on their roster and found them wanting. Yeah. You know? And uh, just having a sixth-round pick that gives you any kind of impact at that position is rare enough. Uh, I mean, the Jags got big impact from Gardner Minshew as a sixth-round pick. Like, as far as sixth-round quarterbacks go... What they got from Garner's pretty darn good. That, absolutely. Right? It just doesn't typically happen that way. Last pick of the NFL draft, and he goes to the NFC Championship game and now takes you to the Super Bowl? I mean, that's, it's ludicrous to have that level of success with a player taken at that point in the draft. You know what's ludicrous as well? And, I, like, I get that there's a psychological dynamic to the quarterback position, mm-hmm. right? Like, with Purdy, they don't want Lance on the roster. They don't want, you know – Let's get him out. He's not the sure. guy. Let's not even like if Purdy struggles for a couple weeks. We don't need this. Oh well, we've got this guy. We invested a bunch in. Let's move him out and get what we can. With Gardner, Gardner Minshew, like Trey Lance has traits, 
Yes. But he hasn't shown he can win in the NFL. Hadn't shown he could play consistently in the NFL. Hadn't had the opportunity or hasn't stayed healthy long enough. Absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. Gardner, I feel, has more value than what he gets thrown around for. Yeah. Right? The Jags are like, we got to get him off the roster because we don't want, at least the feeling is, we don't want this. If Trevor struggles, you got Minshew mania waiting here. You create this bad dynamic. It's a bad way to start your franchise quarterback's career. Mm-hmm. But what they get from, like, a sixth? Yeah. Like, Gardner Minshew to me is worth like a third round pick yeah. at least, even if he's not going to be your starter, because there are few guys I would feel like if if I had to go to Gardner Minshew in a big game compared to almost any other backup quarterback in the league, sure, he would be right there at the top of the list, if not at the top of the list. Yeah, and I do wonder from a league perspective because you you just look at Gardner minus having seen him be successful to whatever level of success he's had in the league, right? And I'm with you. I think I trust him as much as I trust any backup quarterback, you know, in the league to just step in to give you, this guy's going to give us a chance. When he's on the field, he gives us a chance. As the quarter, if he had any of the physical trait stuff, right, if he had one of them. Like if he was 6'3". Right. Or, right he had if the, he had one of them, I think it wouldn't be a question about whether not. the league would do it or not. I think because the physical trait stuff isn't there – that's still in the league when you're evaluating. You're like, we like him, but he's still this tall. He's still got an arm that's this strong. Like, it's all those other things they still prop up over because that's what they're looking for to some degree is the trait stuff. And if it's not going to be that, it has to be special somewhere else. Lamar Jackson doesn't fit all the trait stuff. He's a special athlete right. at the position, and it showed up since he got in the league. I think it has to be something like that that takes you – over the top into NFL minds consideration. I'm with you though. I think Gardner Minshew is your backup quarterback. You're you're beyond fine. You're okay. You he, should be he's, happy. He's with it. not the 33rd best quarter. He's better no. than the 33rd best. Yes. Now then again, you watch and you go look. And Jake Brownie. There may be other backups out there that are capable of doing it in the right circumstance with the right coaching. Yeah. But I feel like Gardner, like Gardner, could come in cold off the bench, and he's probably going to complete a high percentage of his passes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to give you a chance, and and there's value to him. Uh, I mean, heck, he, he almost had that team win in the division he did. this year. You know? Um, yet, no NFL team wants to, you know, no, no NFL team's going to commit to him, it seems like. They're not latching on to that. Right. And I think As it is starter. all the physical stuff. It probably yeah. is. But, you know, you look at, ba- at Baker Mayfield. Does Baker... I guess he has probably a bigger arm. He's got a big arm yeah. than Gardner, but and he was the number one pick, so he's got draft pick equity. No longer with the team that selected him, mm-hmm. but he was on the brink, you know, yeah. of doing that. But is is he that much better than Minshew? I don't think so. If you put Minshew in Tampa this year, would you have gotten similar results? I don't know if exactly the same, but similar. I would think. I think mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is going to get a contract from the Bucks that pays him. Thirty million Maybe. a year? Yeah. I mean twenty something. Gardner Minshew is gonna be working for probably NFL minimum salaries for Close to it. Yeah. the rest of his career. I don't think there's that big a gulf between I don't them. either. I'd rather have Baker Mayfield, but by what percentage? Yeah. It's, it's not hard a big margin between them. Yeah. All right. Uh let's take a time out here. Let's come back. Certainly not a twenty eight million dollar margin. I, I don't think so. Yeah. But um let's take a look at some of the responses we've gotten so far today on players that uh folks 
felt exceeded their expectations in terms of individual Jacksonville Jaguars. And also, just going to go through the depth chart with you. And we identified the same three guys very easily, very quickly. How many other strong candidates are there on this team from our point of view this year? We'll take a look at that when we come back as well. If you want to get in, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark here with you on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, um, I know this is in reference to something we're talking about with backup quarterbacks, but I don't know exactly what it was. Somebody just replied on the uh, text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, Trent Green and Kurt Warner were. Were what? I don't know. Teammates? They were teammates. They were, and Warner was a guy who came off the bench. Backup quarterbacks who did, but, like, I'm not – and if that's the suggestion, I'm not saying that's never happened. No, yeah, before. I, I think Warner is an interesting example of a guy getting a shot and taking full advantage of it. Yes, like I, I think he does qualify in that way. Warner was sure. just like a, an afterthought. You know, Warner was a guy who was buried on depth charts and mm-hmm. got an opportunity. People were excited about Trent Green. Going to St. Louis and the the pieces that he had in place there. And then he got hurt in the preseason and Warner came in and did what he did. I mean, sometimes it works that way. And maybe they're, we're talking about the Brock Purdy thing because he was, I I don't don't know exactly. So just, um, I know it makes sense to you because you're hearing it and you're responding in that moment in the flow. And I don't exactly know what this person is responding to. But regardless, um, as with most things. There are exceptions to every rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Kurt Warner did a phenomenal. And, and th- maybe that was just it. We we're talking about guys that, that a lot weren't expected of that came in and, and performed greatly. Yeah. In fact, I, they couldn't have performed any better. Trent Green, I doubt, would have won multiple league MVPs is my Probably guess. Probably not. No. That's a, that's a pretty high bar to clear. So, uh, and, and I was thinking about this yesterday, too, you know, with the whole defense wins championships thing, right? Sometimes – you get an offense that just has an ugly game on the way to winning the Super Bowl. Like, for instance, the Rams, they beat the Bucs. I want to say it was 12-7, to right, in the NFC Championship game. What is that St. Louis team known for? They want a low-scoring defensive battle, right? What are they known for? The greatest show on turf, mm-hmm. right? So you can have, like, what, what is Kansas City known for? Known for Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid, obviously, their defense is playing great football, no matter how much. Yeah, and no matter how, unless they go out and shut out San Francisco and win it ten to nothing, I doubt we're leading with how great Kansas City's defense is. No matter if we should or not, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, it's take away Mahomes. Are they beating Baltimore? No matter how good that defense was, I don't think so. And, and that somebody made the case might have been Bill Barnwell as well that. He feels like right now in the four units in terms of offense, defense, San Fran and Kansas City, that the KC defense is playing the best of any unit mm-hmm. out there. They also have the best quarterback. Yeah. Why would they be an un- – if you have the best defense and the best quarterback, why would you be an underdog? Yeah. Y'all got to get over how you felt about the Chiefs halfway through the year. They, they aren't what they were two months ago right now. 
they're know? not, but they're 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 better defensively, I think, than people realize they were going to be. Yeah, but they're still. It's it's Kelsey, and it's some of Pacheco and Rasheed Rice. That's what Mahomes yeah. is working with, and yeah. the rest of these guys. It's like if. Tim Jones catches a big pass from the Jags, or Luke Farrell catches a pass. That's what MVS is. Yeah. Well, oh, I think he caught a huge one to seal the game. You know, we see, we've seen enough of Mahomes at this point in his career. Look, I don't get to watch him every week. You know, I I see him whenever they're in prime time. I get to watch a lot of the Chiefs, obviously, when they're in those kind of situations. And even in prime time this year, I was like, this is not quite the same Mahomes that we've gotten used to. The last couple of years, he was putting the ball in harm's way more than I gotten used to seeing Patrick Mahomes make those kind of mistakes. We've all been able to watch him through this playoff run. There is something about Patrick Mahomes as much as any player that I can remember watching that in the playoffs, he elevates his game to another level. I, I think he's a special player in the regular season, MVP level player, basically every season that he has played. In his NFL career and in the playoffs, he's even better. And they didn't score in the second half of yesterday's game. The first half of that game, again, yesterday, there are three, four times where you're just watching Mahomes make a play. And you're like, my gosh, how is anyone ever going to stop this consistently in the we'll league see. at this time yeah. of year? It's so hard. Let me ask you this. Did they win that game without Kelsey yesterday? No. Not at all, right? No. How long is Kelsey going to keep playing? He Can't said be that long. Now, he yeah. said recently, why would I not? Keep playing. Well, the what everyone's thinking is not everyone, but yeah. the school of thought is they win the Super Bowl. He proposes to Taylor Swift in the post game, <laughs> and then they walk off. And the, seriously, I yeah. mean, you hear this from a lot of people. Okay, for one thing, we don't know if they're ever going to get yeah. married, right? And does Travis Kelsey want to follow Taylor Swift around on tour for the rest of his thirties? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I, yeah. don't, know. I don't know. Somebody's going to sign to a TV deal, though, right? Maybe, maybe so, but like. Man, you, you only are, get to do this so You're long. the best yeah. maybe that's ever done it at your position. Right. And you're still – you may not be what you were two or three years ago, yeah. but compared to every other guy at your position, you're still upper crust. Yeah. Top like, one, Everyone's two or three. disappointed that you only caught 90. That you didn't blow away every other <laughs> tight end by three to 400 yards yeah. like you usually do or often do. Right? Like, I get it. There are other good tight ends in the league, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think – so, look – He's going to be the gold standard at the position all time. But if he does retire this offseason, how do you replace that if you're Kansas City? Uh, uh, you can throw all the targets you want at Noah Gray. He's not Travis Kelsey. I know. Calvin Ridley. Shut your mouth. <laughs> okay, now I'm mad at you. All right. Um, let's go around the league. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> We are 13 days away from Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, Nevada, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. The Chiefs will be playing in their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years, and will be looking to become the first team to win back-to-back championships since New England in the mid-2000s. This will be the Chiefs' sixth Super Bowl appearance in franchise history. They beat the 49ers in Super Bowl 54 at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. San Francisco will be playing in their eighth Super Bowl in franchise history, which will tie them with Pittsburgh, Dallas, and Denver for second on the all-time list behind only New England with their 11 Super Bowl appearances. With a win against the Chiefs, the 49ers would tie both New England and Pittsburgh with six Super Bowl titles. 
the most in league history. Kansas City tight end Travis Kelsey needed seven receptions yesterday to pass Jerry Rice for the most playoff receptions in league history. He caught 11 on 11 targets, now holds the record with 156 receptions there in the playoffs. All right, thank you. I hate you, but thank you, Tony. <laughs> Don't put that suggestion out there. They've already taken Jawan Taylor to the Super Bowl. They have. Most penalized tackle in football. If he was here in Jacksonville, everyone would be like, look at the Jags paying $20 million to the guy that's the most penalized tackle in football. Mm-hmm. What idiots. <laughs> right? And seriously. He goes to Kansas City, and they're like, well, you know what? Kansas City was able to look past some of the dumb penalties and understand what, how important protection of Patrick Mahomes is to their, uh, you know, you're never going to win some of these, <laughs> right? Unless and until the Jags yeah. become a perennially dominant franchise. Yeah. You're just not going to win some of these. Uh, somebody on the text line, Design My Lifetime Enclosure, says, I'm in the dumbest group text conversation ever about the NFL rigging games. So Kansas City wins to keep showing Taylor Swift. You think you're the only one having that text conversation? Like, I'm not, but I guarantee you. I mean, they, we've already heard all that. Taylor Swift is this. Taylor Swift is that. The NFL, there's no way they're not going to have Taylor Swift for the Super Bowl. Like, like you think the Super Bowl was going to do bad numbers? <laughs> do you think no one was going to watch the Super Bowl without Taylor Swift? I'm like, Ugh, well, we were all told the colors because the Super Bowl logo was always going to be purple the, and the, red. Yeah, and that red. was the conspiracy, right? Well, they had to throw another color in there, but the red represents both Kansas City and San Francisco. Didn't you know? <laughs> they both wear red. Shocking. Yes. All right. all right. Let's go through. Let me go through just quickly. Let's uh, mm-hmm. and we'll get to people's responses to the question today in our final segment. We gave you three guys we think exceeded our expectations this year. Some obvious ones, though. Josh Allen. Trayvon Walker, Darius Williams. I'm just going to go yes or no. Did this player exceed your expectations this year? We'll go rapid fire through the starting lineup. I'm on our okay. lads' depth. Whether chart or not right they now. exceeded expectations, exceeded your expectations okay. this year. So, how big is the pool? Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. No. No. Travis Etienne. No. Okay. Any other running back on this team? No. Okay. Um, Calvin Ridley. No. Christian Kirk. No. Zay Jones. No. Pretty fair to say there's not going to be any other wide receiver that mm-hmm. did that. Evan Ingram. Uh, yeah, probably. Maybe. Borderline, yeah. maybe, yeah. possibly, because the amount of receptions. Yep. You know, maybe I would have expected a few more touchdowns, but okay. Um, Cam Robinson. No. not Didn't exceed my no. – I mean, you know, expect him to be a serviceable left mm-hmm. tackle. I think that's what he was. Walker Little. No. Ezra Cleveland. No. Luke Fortner. No. Brandon Sheriff. Thank you for the corner, no. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this yes, the that. coin man. The coin man. Uh, no, uh, Anton Harrison didn't exceed my expectations. I thought he had a good year. Okay, I I could see people feeling that Anton maybe exceeded expectations because yeah. he came in. He's one of the the best graded rookie pass protectors in the National Football League. Yeah, saw his name in response a lot. I I can understand why he'd be on the list. Any other yeah. tight end? Luke Farrell. No. Uh, no Parker Washington, right? No. I mean, you could no say Strange. Luke Farrell exceeded my expectations, but that's because I had none. And so okay. if he caught 10, I'd be didn't like, wow. Didn't exceed mine. Yeah. Uh, like, he's no. going to catch a handful of passes. So no. you might have two other, might have two candidates on offense entirely. Yes. Right? Press Taylor's got a job. Um, <laughs> defensively, Roy Robertson-Harris. No. Foley. No. Gotsis. No. Um, Devon Hamilton. No. Anybody, I mean, Ledbetter, Angelo Blackson. Angelo no. Blackson's a nice player, but, he he, you know, we don't have any kind of 
expectations. It's not mm-hmm. like team altering kind of stuff here. Uh, Devin Lloyd, no. Okay, uh, I I could see some people saying that he graded yeah. out fairly well at PFF this year. Was one of the better, really. I think PFF had him rated as like the third highest uh, against the run mm-hmm. of any linebacker in terms of grade. Um, at like a 90, which based on his overall 78 means he was like a 66 in pass pro, which oh, his overall grade as a rookie was like 48. So that's a pretty good step forward, sure. you know, if you, depending on how much you're buying into PFF. All right, so, but no on Devin Lloyd. Uh, Foley. No. Didn't accept, right. We have those expectations. We expect Foley to be that guy, right? Um, Rayshon. No. Andre Sisco. No. No. Maybe met him. Yeah. But Tyson Campbell. No. Uh, Trey Herndon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. thought you were you were just ready to go, yeah. no, 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 no. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you on Trey Herndon. Maybe yeah. a little bit. Maybe right? a little bit. Maybe yeah. a little bit. Antonio Johnson. Didn't excel mine. Didn't exceed him, right? Yeah. I mean, nice. Uh, we were intrigued, and I felt like we would probably be yeah. intrigued by the like, end of his rookie I, campaign. I said it when they drafted him. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's the starting nickel that they just drafted. Like, my expectations were pretty high for Antonio when they made the pick. Now, I came down off that quickly after hearing the way they talked about why they drafted him. Um, but by the time we got to the end of the year, he was the nickel. Any of these other uh, – Wingard, Monteric Brown, maybe – you know, like it's very marginal. Yeah, if they did, like yeah. Andrew Winger didn't for me, but maybe like if you say, hey, you know what, Martaric Brown held up a little bit better than we anticipated, something mm-hmm. like that. But it's not like roster changing. No, right. Logan Cook, we expect him to be great. Yep. Right, he's a really good punter. Uh, McManus no. probably, you know, fell short of them. It yep. was I was on track to exceed them. He I was. think because he's never been that ninety percent. Accuracy guy, and he was on track to succeed or exceed them. Uh, Jamal Agnew didn't exceed them no. for me. Good player when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for us, the list is pretty short. Yeah. Right? And the candidates who, who we picked really stood out above the crowd. So it's going to be interesting now when we go through the responses that we get to see how deep people went. And this is all a you and how you feel question. My expectations for Josh Allen may not be yours. Like Tony said, he thought 14, 15 sacks this year. I was more around the 10-11 number, so he yeah. exceeded mine more than he exceeded Tony's. Depends on how you felt about all these guys as no to doubt. whether or not yeah. they even exceeded your expectations. So let's look at that on the other side. That's our Chad and Sandy real estate question today, the three Jags who did more than you expected them to uh, by the widest margin in 2023. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark here with you. One segment to go on Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL. Do I need to start paying attention to Instagram more? I, I'd like not to. I saw it on frankly. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you saw it. What did Kadarius Tony do? He basically went on Instagram Live and basically said the Chiefs were lying about his uh, injuries, and he just went off for about 45 seconds. That was mm. about it. Mm. He was like, the, my knee injury, my hip injuries, I, they're all pretty much capping, which means lying. Frodo. Oh, old folks he, out there. He said, he said that for my benefit, okay? Took me a while. I know yeah. what no cap means, yeah, yeah. son. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's we, if you're capping, you're lying. If you're no capping, you're not lying. Correct. Yeah. 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 They're capping. Well, I would play the audio, curious. but uh, I'd have to, it'd be bleep the whole yeah. thing, so. <sighs> yeah. 
I just, with with what they've gotten from Kadarius Tony, I'm not surprised that the Chiefs said we're better off without you in this game. Right. I mean, it, you know, generally his biggest contribution is a turnover, mm-hmm. it seems like, or a drop pass or something along those lines. And I, still, one of the most incredible guys to watch with the ball in his hands in the last 20 years of college football. Yeah. Unbelievable some of the plays he made with the ball in his hands. Even a couple in the National Football League, but – that ain't enough, man. And uh, I'm sure this is really going to ingratiate you to Andy Reid. No doubt. Get you a big role two weeks from now. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Um, if you're dissatisfied, I don't know if social media is the best way to solve your problems. Just gonna Probably not. Uh, let's look at some of the responses. Today's question, they asking you which three players most exceeded your expectations for the Jags. Stoff went with us, like Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Darius Williams. Um, so we'll try to, there are a lot of instances of those guys getting mentioned, right? Try to skip those. Um, Scott goes, Evan Ingram never would have predicted 114 catches. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anton Harrison rookie locked up his position along with Josh Allen there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kelly went with Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley. See, like to me, Calvin, I expect a thousand yard receiver. I did too. I thought maybe a 1200 yard receiver, you know, um, and that's if everyone was healthy. And had a little bit more opportunity down the stretch without Christian Kerr to soak up some targets. So uh, I, I think they got about what I expected out of Calvin. Yeah, this uh, it was that he? W- I wouldn't say he exceeded my expectations. I will also wouldn't say he was a massive disappointment Me by either. any degree. I think they got what I expected them to get. And by the time we were getting to the beginning of the season, I thought those numbers could go higher. You know, like came out of the gates with a 100-yard game. By the time we got to the season start, I was like, maybe that 1,400 may be in play. Maybe. You know, and it didn't turn out that way, but that doesn't mean it was a disappointment. No, right. My expectation was right around where where he got maybe a little under what uh, what I expected, but not anything tragically so. But regardless, again, this is everyone's individual feeling. Uh, Honorable mentions of Trayvon, Anton, and Antonio Johnson should have started more – given his performance and when he did play. Uh, Caleb Vaughn <laughs> got mentioned by Bush Drive Rich because he got more than one sack this year. There you go. And that had been pretty steady, you know, mm-hmm. one sack per season along the way. So I feel like there's not a Breakout small amount year. of snark yeah. involved there. Uh, Anton Calvin and Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Anton Here's one for Buster Brown. Monteric Brown played better than the starter in spot duty. I, I don't think that's unreasonable to include him. We did mention him as a guy who may uh, fit that category, just not to the degree for us that some others did. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if there's anybody else. None of them, they were all disappointing. <laughs> okay, so none of them. Nobody had a better season than you thought they were going to oh, have. Josh Allen didn't have a better season Trayvon than you Walker, thought Trayvon Walker, you, you he thought had. he'd have. Double digit. I mean, come on, that's man. fine. And you know, I get that you're mad, but it, yeah. all right. I, I know that some people are also up there. Well, they didn't win at all, so who cares? Well, then you probably aren't caring yeah. about this program. It's your prerogative. Guess what? Okay. The Jacks have never won at all. We've been doing the show for over a decade now, mm-hmm. and uh, this is our 11th year of doing it. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> made the playoffs twice in that time. They did. Probably your fault. I take it. Probably your fault. That's that's all good. I don't I don't I want to keep my job. Mm-hmm. So even if it is my fault, yeah. I'd like to keep it. Um I don't want to imagine Calvin Ridley in a Chiefs uniform. But I think he'd be an absolute monster with the Chiefs. 
There's so many guys that who wouldn't be an absolute yeah. monster, right? If you're talented enough. You put that guy opposite Rashi Rice. Well, put with, Marquise Brown there. Right, with right? Kelsey. I like I do. I think he's scary in that kind of offense, and I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility I don't either. with the way things are going to play out this offseason. I don't yeah. either. Um, you know, and they, they've shown you they're willing to spend. I mean, I think the Jags are willing to spend as well. The question is too. how much money do they have to spend yep. and how much will they create along the way as well with some of these cap savings. Um, back to more of these players that outperformed. A lot of the same ones getting mentioned. Here's one for Devin Lloyd. Um, positive or negative expectations? Well, if they exceed <laughs> expectations, I mean, oh, I, I guess, on, man. you know, right. If you're, well, that's for another day. This yeah. Uh, Antonio Johnson, too many drops and especially mental errors keep Ridley off this list for me. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You know, again, for us, oh, here's one for Chase on it says, no joke, but more a sign of how bad I thought he would be. He well, wasn't that good. That's all right. I mean, I guess, like, did you think he was going to, I don't know, be causing a negative play every time? It, it didn't have that many positive plays no. yeah. this year. And this idea that we're going to continue to lean into the, quote, development of Caleb on Chase on at this point in time. How, how many career sacks will Caleb on Chase on end up with, Tony? We get to double figures in his career. Ooh, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I really don't know. How many more seasons will he, he play? You know, we always talk about good and Jaguar good, and he's not even Jaguar good or hasn't been. Sorry, Caleb on. That's just the facts of the matter. I know you didn't choose yourself in the first round, but you did go in the first round of the draft. Um, after four years and five sacks, I guess he'll end up playing somewhere. He's still young enough that somebody might have liked him coming out and would have spent like a fifth round pick on <laughs> and mm-hmm. probably I'm sure he's only twenty four years old. He's going to get more opportunities, you would think. Just is he I I hate to root against the guy, but I don't want him to be Quincy Williams. Miscast in Jacksonville. All pro in another locale. So I don't. I mm-hmm. mean, good for Caleb on if he goes out and does it. Doesn't mean I want him to do it. You know, I, I'm much more concerned with the team here in Jacksonville and how it reflects on them. But, that, I mean, at that point, it doesn't really matter. If he goes somewhere and does something, it's not like you could justify bringing him back. Like, any cost. What impact does he make on this football team? What a horrific, None. Yeah. horrific first-round pick. Yep. As I know we're not the only ones who pointed this out. We've all talked about this for years. You know, Justin Jefferson was on that same team that you were scouting. Yep. And you decided when you had the chance to choose between them that Caleb on fit better your vision for winning football. Yeah. On the first Look, coast. I'll, I'll admit, I was excited when they drafted Caleb on. When they got him when they did in that draft where he was being talked about going into draft night as maybe the second best edge player in that first round. It wasn't a rich edge class that year in the draft. I was excited when they got Caleb on. It took all of a year to see it and say, that ain't going to work, right? It's it's not like because I liked it when they drafted him that now I'm sitting there saying they got to stick with it. The guy, he's not giving you anything. No. Like, it's it, if, if it wasn't so cheap, they would have moved on from him this year, right? And they're going to this offseason – like, I don't expect Caleb on Chase on to be back in Jacksonville, even on a cheap deal. It just wouldn't make any sense to bring him back. I'd rather draft another Yusir Abdullah who doesn't play. I mean, right. it's going to be less ought to be expensive. playing all his snaps next year. <sighs> he better. Yeah. 
be on the field. It's not like you're getting any less with Abdullah on the field than you do with Chase on. I can get it as a rookie, those different things going on, but there's no reason for Chase on to be on the roster. Anders said Luke Farrell, he said expectations always low, uh, but he belongs in this league. And that that's, that's goes to show you there aren't that many super, super strong candidates, right? But if your expectation is I, we got a guy who doesn't even belong in the league, I mean, the, there you can't start any lower than that. And, mm-hmm. yes, I do think Luke Farrell's an NFL player. My goodness, what expectations do I guess your expectations would have to be that he would be washed out completely yeah. for him to have exceeded much of anything this year. But again, it comes down to personal um, point of view on that. And we will get into the disappointments as the week goes on. And we know there's uh, a lot more candidates to choose from, unfortunately, on that front. All right. Uh, we are done today here on Jaguars today. By the way, uh, Tony, uh, for his even putting out there that Calvin Ridley could end up in Kansas City. Oh, it's that with this. I is. think you have to come in early on Thursday now. You know what? Okay. And maybe do a couple of extra hours. Maybe I will. Maybe you should. <laughs> um, but Tony will be uh, filling in on the drill from 6 to 8, at least in part, uh, yes, along with others on uh, Thursday, as I guess Dan and Jeff both have the day off. So that's coming up later on this week. Or right now, coming up is XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, Joe C. in the house. Hello, Joseph. What is up? What is up? Really enjoyed your uh, international golf commentary this weekend <laughs> that I got credited for by one of our listeners. I thought it was okay. funny because there's so many times when, whatever, through the years, someone would say to you, hey, Joe, or hey, Frank, and someone would say to me, hey, Mike, hey, Frank, and Frank, you know, we'd all, because our voices kind of sound a little bit alike. Tony, do they sound alike? Not to me. Me either. I, no. But we, I think what it is, people hear voices and they don't see your face yeah. and they're yeah. all right. in so, part of that conversation and they right. recognize a voice. Right. You have to imagine everybody on the outside before all this YouTube. And right, right, place, right. They, they didn't know what any of us, the classic line was, mm-hmm. oh, I thought you'd be taller. You know, I still get that, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I do get, no, not the taller thing, but you don't look <laughs> anything like. I, I, I yeah. always wonder, what, what do you think? I look like. I don't know. Um, I look like I sound. I So it, it was good to know that they heard one of us. Yeah, you were doing and, a PGA yeah, yeah, exactly. Tour broadcast on PGA yeah. uh, Tour radio. Yeah, on, on the television. On oh, it was on yeah, TV. Yeah. Okay. So we're the, you know, yeah. the, international, the international broadcast. broadcast right? Hey, yeah. that's 1010XL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should have snuck that in. <laughs> yeah. But they thought it was Debs and Debs. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on. Here. I'm on right yeah. now, but <laughs> just not doing that. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, Josie is the golf man. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you enjoy the games this weekend? Well, I I was on the Baltimore side and I was on the Lions side. I picked the Lions all the way from the very beginning to make it to the Super Bowl. I thought they were going to make it based on how they got out of the gates uh, in this game. It was unbelievable. You can second guess uh, Dan Campbell, but if nothing else, he's been consistent his entire uh, season or, or career. Well, I'll say this: if and and I would have probably kicked in some of those instances, but the last time I definitely would have, but. He went for it against the Rams yeah. on fourth down in the first half, scored a touchdown. They won the game by one. He went for it against the Bucks in the third quarter. They were tied at 10, and they made it, and they went on to win the football game by a, a, by a one-score margin. Yeah, the two that drive me crazy, the one, this one, I would have obviously kicked a field goal when you're at that late stage trying to get to the Super Bowl. That's their, I understand that. Me, the other one is he went for it three times against the Dallas Cowboys. 
when it was just absolutely a nutball decision and, to do and, it. But here's the thing. Like, so, and I love the guy. And I understand. We say it's a nutball decision, and I get it, and I would have kicked that last one as well. Yeah. But you can look back now, and he can go, well, I should have gone for it at the end of the first half. Because we needed those points, I might, you yeah, know, but, and but you do the math. Two field goals he passed up on in the second half when they were in control. It's not like they were desperate. You follow me? They were not. Well, one of them to, they passed up. They were trailing. Yeah, yeah. They weren't in control. Well, yeah, they were well, trailing. Well, yeah, but you could have tied the game. Okay, but so, that's so not one, being in control. One, you go up three scores. The other one, you are back in position to at least play for the win. What if Badgley misses? Yeah. Oh, I know. But you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's what I've said. Here, here's the thing. If he doesn't if he doesn't do that against the Rams and the Bucks, we might not even have them playing hey, this weekend hey, to even comment on this. And I'll defend kind of him. Stuff. I'll defend him in our show because a, this is not Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson went for it a bunch of, and did not succeed. They went for it 25 times, were successful 20 times on fourth or three or less. Right. They, so they were they were bold. They were very successful for yeah. the most part this year. I'll say this. I, I'm glad Detroit lost because I, I quite frankly care more about the Jags than anything NFL-wise. Yeah. And I don't want another team scratch off that list of never made. I mean, they, I don't want it to be down to three. Well, here, here's I, I said it last week. I said I'm conflicted. I said because I don't want – same thing you're saying. I don't want Jacksonville – and Houston to be two of the remaining teams. I don't care how long Houston has to wait, but I don't, I don't want Duval to have to wait. So I was conflicted, but the other one was uh, 19 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. You had him at 19 to 1? 19 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. That's what you get for gambling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that'll Whatever. teach you a lesson yeah. right there. It says, <laughs> says you on your, um, your gambling ad, right? Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, my gambling, I play fantasy. I don't know about gambling. I don't. I don't. There's no gambling. The one that you pitch does offer that that facet of it. You, but <laughs> I'm I'm talking about you. Okay. <laughs> talking about you. Listen, I I, I all right. I, I was a winner this week. I, right? I, so get off me. I sacrificed the 19 to one ticket so uh, Duval could still be among. Four I think you would have liked that 19 to one. Was that what yeah. it was before yeah. the season? 19 to one to yeah. win it or to get there? Win it. Oh, okay. So you still had a ways to go. Yeah, of course. To get there. All right. Now, what do you got coming up today? <laughs> well, we're going to do it all uh, when it comes to these two games. You know, was that a, a, a Lamar fail? Uh, in, 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 the Mahomes, in part, yes. Yeah, I, I feel like it was. Todd Helton failed, too. So we'll get into all that. Munkin. Yeah, yeah, Todd Munkin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just Todd Helton had a good week. You yeah. leave him Bro, how, do you not run the, how do you not run the ball against a Kansas City team that just had it run down their throat the yeah. week before? I think they ran it what was a total of uh, design run plays to running backs, I think, six times. Yes. That's asinine. That's totally. When it's a close game the entire way, and KC just had it run down their throat. Yeah, it it makes – it's almost like they wanted to prove Lamar can win it a certain way, and it's like, I don't know. Yeah, Lamar deserves blame. Munkin deserves blame. But definitely Lamar deserves some of it, man. Oh that that gosh, last yeah. interception was – Into triple coverage. Into triple coverage, way behind the guy in, in a situation where you have to get points and you're already in field goal range. you got to make that a one-score game. It was a recover drive is what it was after the fumble. Yep. And he blew it. He blew it. All right, Joe, have a good show. Bye, fellas. All right. He's, he's handling it well, Tony. It's you know it's nineteen to one. It, it was it was it wasn't like he just invested on Friday. It oh, was a yeah. season long thing, and mm-hmm. it played out that way. I just give Joe. I look. That's me. I give everybody a hard time, literally about everything. We did a, a fantasy mock draft last week. I think I panned every pick that wasn't mine. Everyone. It's <laughs> terrible pick. How can you make that selection? That's just me. Uh-huh. I t- take mean. Take no meaning from that, okay? (laughs) All right, that'll do it for us today. Uh, Thank you for listening, and stick around for XL Primetime with Joe C. and the crew. Coming up, 
And uh, tomorrow, we'll probably look at guys that failed to meet your expectations for the Jags. There are plenty of them, but you we'll get into kidding. that then. Yeah. Uh, for Dylan Denmark as well, Tony Smith, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thanks for listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.